Did you eat well? Yeah, of course. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a bad meal in Italy, you know. It's very hard to find. The people are nice. Here and there, I had a, I had to call one woman the B word because that's something else. <laughs> oh. well, I wanted to Did you have to say it in English or in Italian? I said it in English because okay. she wouldn't let me pee in the first class lounge. <laughs> Please, oh, let me just go. I mean, it's not. Do you got the pay? I said, listen, don't be a bitch. Is the world flat? Yes. I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. <laughs> I can't believe it. I felt like we were actually doing so good. Now, like, how are we supposed to, like, recreate talking about Clay Aiken as if I'm not just being told about it for the first time? I feel like I got caught with my pants down. (laughs) (laughs) Should we just tell people? Let's just be honest with people and just tell them exactly what happened. Just tell them the truth and go with an open heart and transparency on the matter. So is it is it definitely working now? I think so. Okay. So hi. We Hi. <laughs> we just recorded 20 minutes it of a podcast. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. It felt like 20 like 20 really quality high quality really minutes. Really some of our best 20 minutes mm-hmm. we probably ever recorded. We did a whole a whole thing we did we had a whole bit going about the writer's strike we we also don't have writers get it (laughs) so we're not as slicked up in this episode but what but what we actually didn't have was was recording recorders record So we just did a podcast where we did not press record. So I guess that's mm-hmm. more of a just a phone call that we just did. I will say the moment that I realized that we weren't recording, I suddenly felt like so embarrassed about the way that I was talking. Because I was like, all this for what? Like putting on all this all this energy and like gusto like for what like i'm i could literally if i was just talking to you like i would be in bed like the laptop would be pulled up to my double chin like i would be speaking in a completely unrecognizable voice and in that moment i felt like such a fraud a phony that's what i mean like i felt like i got caught with my pants down i like i felt instantly so embarrassed just like i don't know if i it made me be like do i put on like a voice when i'm recording and like suddenly i became aware of like the facade that that this all is like yeah we're radio hosts but like this curtain just got pulled out from under us the rug got pulled out from under us and it's like no actually you're literally just on the phone yeah it was like the rug got pulled under and like my coat came off and i was like three smurfs (laughs) standing on each other's shoulders i really felt like Uh, like one of those men that's like gets caught like jerking off on the zoom like that's what i felt 
felt when you were like, wait, are you recording? I felt like you could see my penis. <laughs> oh my god. The worst was like you were read it you were in a really long sentence and I just had to wait until it was a clean cut in case we were recording to be like Kevin, are we recording? <laughs> I'm like I actually did not have any idea where I was going with that sentence. I just uh-huh. thought like it just seemed like you weren't ready to speak, so I just kept speaking. But yeah. I had nothing to say. Per <laughs> usual, was talking about fucking Bill Cosby. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, and I know that this has happened to us before. Not in a long time. Not in a long time. And I feel like usually when it happens, we catch it like way earlier or it's almost like a blessing because what we've been doing isn't our best work and i'm like oh my god we get a second take like give her another take (laughs) that's how i feel but this time i was like oh this feels like the oscars when they accidentally announced (laughs) la la (laughs) but the thing is in the past i feel like we would have we would have made a commitment to each other to be like, no, we're just going to laugh at this each other's same jokes. We're going to do yeah. acting. We're just going to redo it and pretend like it's the first time. I can't do yeah. that today. I can't do that today. Not after that. seeing you expose yourself like that. <laughs> I don't have it in me to do that today. <laughs> So uh, we did have we did cover a lot of good stuff though that maybe we could still revisit it. Yeah. Because I do think that there's some good there's some really good stuff that people deserve to hear about. Yeah. We talked about how you were gone. Yeah. You left. I was <laughs> I had left. I was gone. Like Anna, I didn't want to come back to work, but here I am, slim legs and bronze legs and all. Blurry view. Blurry view. <laughs> and then we talked about how you were gone in April, mm-hmm. and in April yes. is when Clay Aiken and Ruben Studdard went on tour and performed at the Niagara Falls Casino. Mm-hmm. And we had a great little chat about how I completely forgot that in a past episode, we were saying how we were so excited to go to that concert. <laughs> and then as soon as we ended that podcast, completely forgot it was happening <laughs> until someone mm-hmm. DM'd Deja of the View on Instagram and was like, by the way, are you still going? <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much for reminding me. Unfortunately, my drive is away (laughs) because you were away. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said the craziest part about you reminding me of all of this is that I was not that far from Niagara Falls. And so I was actually probably a stone's throw from Clay. (laughs) And didn't even know and had no recollection of this concert and didn't know that there was somewhere where I was supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) 
and I never would have remembered. (laughs) Let alone recording a podcast. Let let alone that or at the concert of the year. So if you hadn't have told me um, 20 minutes ago (laughs) about it, I never would have remembered. And like they say... Um, Clay and I were like ships passing in the night, I think is the saying. Yeah, because I think that was the saying. <laughs> that was the saying I said. Because I had no idea that I was like, there was me, there was Clay. Who would have thought? It makes you think, it's like sliding doors. It makes you think, you know, if you could, if there was a way in your life, like I see this on TikTok, people being like, I wish I could get like a montage of every time me and my like spouse or whatever were like in the same place and didn't know before we had met. Well, I wish that there was a montage of every time me and Clay Aiken were in the same place or the same vicinity and didn't know. That would be my my wish, my one wish from a genie. <laughs> if anyone's asking. <laughs> And that actually is not something we discussed at, no. <laughs> at that length. This is all new this material. This is a bit of an extended cut. <laughs> this is all fresh new material. Actually, speaking of, I know. Of, oh, <laughs> yeah. Period. I Actually, yes, it is. (laughs) No, actually, speaking of new material, Uh (laughs) um, and, you know, our sort of iconic bit that we were doing about the writers, uh, (laughs) and how Whoopi had had said that they didn't have writers on The View, and she mentioned the writer strike, and how they're they're carrying on without writers and it's just not going to be as mm-hmm. slicked up. And so we were chatting about that, about how we're not going to be as slicked up. And then And then we were wondering like how much of the view was written by writers and how much of it is written by producers and how much of it is Virginia <laughs> stepping up to the plate exactly. and writing for everyone. <laughs> Doing her own writing writing uh-huh. her own bits and practicing her own voices. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of got into some new territory because we also wondered who is writing the show then? Is it AI? Right. right? You guys heard about and this? Because have you <laughs> guys AI heard about stuff? this AI? <laughs> and it's very topical that you had brought that up 25 minutes ago because um, a big reason for the writer's strike is AI. And so we were thinking, what would it look like if AI was writing The View? And then I had the genius idea to see if I could get ChatGPT to write an episode of The View. And so mm-hmm. in in real time, I typed that in and it was going to be sort of like like you know when some when a when there's like a callback you know i was going to have it yeah. i was going to have the ai get on it and i was going to set my phone down call back to it later mm. like it's a recipe that we're cooking like we're on <laughs> Rachel Ray and we're like we'll come back to that later so 
I did do that. And it's interesting because I did ask it to write an episode about sex robots, and it appears to have done mm-hmm. so. Wow. Imagine if we could have been doing this for the View Theater the whole time. Yeah. We would have had a, lo- a lot more listeners. <laughs> huh. This is interesting. I'm. Should I save it for later still? The big finale? Should we still do yeah. it? As a, we'll do it as Let's a Let's save it for back. later. We'll do it as a, one of those callbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was kind of the first... Uh, that's what you missed on Glee, as they say. That's kind of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we uh, we got onto this topic where we we just started when we got caught with our pants down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we started to talk. Yeah. We started to talk about uh, Rosie's podcast onward hey what Mm -hmm. what a concept what (laughs) onward you know let's get on with it and um you asked me just for transparency's sake you asked me if i had listened to rosie's podcast yet and i reminded you that i had plans to listen to it but the night that i was going to listen to it i actually had to go to a clay aiken concert And so I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, but I will. I actually was going to protect you in this round and not (laughs) force you to admit. I think it's good karma, to be honest. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So Marie still hasn't listened to Rosie's podcast. I have. I'm all caught up. Mm -hmm. I binged it the other day. I listened to the first couple, took a break, and then binged it it's it's not a competition <laughs> but if it was you would win and not only that i listened to rosie o'donnell on brooke shields podcast because mm-hmm. i wanted to talk about this headline that came from this interview where rosie they did a tradesies brooke went on rosie's and rosie's went on brooks rosie's did go on brooks <laughs> yeah yeah guess what brooke shields podcast is called it's like it's like almost exactly the same as rosie's spiritually oh i would think that hers would be called shielded it's actually called now what (laughs) wow it's called now what me 20 minutes ago yeah And then we said onward. (laughs) Yeah. So Rosie went on Brooke's podcast. They talked about the view. Rosie briefly rehashed the whole situation with Elizabeth back in the day, how she she wanted to love Elizabeth and take her under her wing and how Bill Getty was kind of really took to Elizabeth and favored her. Um, And she Mm -hmm. talked about leaving the show abruptly after that split screen day. And then she also touched on her return to the show because she was like, she always <laughs> says, and I, after that split screen day, I walked out those doors and I never came back until a couple years later when I came <laughs> back and I was on mm-hmm. with Whoopi and I was shocked by how we didn't get along. So she touched on that a little bit and how she kind of said that how Whoopi didn't want to talk about Bill Cosby 
Mm-hmm. And basically, the headline that came out of this interview was that Rosie said she would never go back to The View. It's not the best use of my talent to have to argue and defend basic principles of humanity and kindness. Mm-hmm. It's really not anything new if you've been following the story all these mm-hmm. years, but not everyone is. So it became a headline. Yeah. But you know who keeps an eye on the headlines at the Daily Mail? Mm. <laughs> I, I think it's Megan McCain. <laughs> it's Megan McCain. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw, but Megan McCain saw Rosie O'Donnell's article and was inspired to create one of her own. Mm-hmm. It it made her feel safe and comfortable to reopen a topic that she never likes to discuss and yeah. almost <laughs> never does, especially yeah. on the Daily Mail. And she wrote an article about Rosie O'Donnell on the Daily Mail that says, right. Megan McCain, Rosie O'Donnell and I don't agree on much, but neither of us would ever go back on the toxic view. She alleges stories were buried to shield Whoopi. I've never revealed it before, but I witnessed that too. Let me do a reading for you. It's been a while since we've had one of these, actually. <laughs> and this, We owe it to ourselves. I imagine being a former co-host of ABC News' The View feels much like having a very public, very nasty breakup with an infamous ex-boyfriend. Everyone knows it ended in complete disaster, and everyone wants to talk about it. My story is well known, and I'm always hesitant to rehash it, but with the clarity of a few years away from the ladies, and having welcomed two beautiful daughters into my life, I am at peace with that part of my professional life. Though I must admit that I still feel an uncomfortable sting whenever another former co-host opens up about her negative experience, In a way, it's validating. I wasn't crazy. They were. (laughs) Famed talk show pioneer, actress, and potentially masochistic two-time co-host of The View, Rosie O'Donnell, appeared on an episode of Now What? with Brooke Shields, and obviously their chat turned to the show. Now, Rosie O'Donnell and I probably don't agree on much, but here, we're in sync. There is nothing on God's green earth that could convince me to ever walk on that set again. Rosie, Jenny McCarthy, and I have chosen to speak out publicly about our stints on the show. But here's a secret. Behind closed doors, I've never actually heard an ex-host have anything positive to say. As for me, may the bridges I burn light the way. Oh my god. Rosie it goes on. No. Rosie said two things that immediately resonated with me when I listened to her remarks. One had to do with the topics that we were allowed to discuss on the show. The other, how people were treated. Media icon Barbara Walters co-created The View with producer Bill Getty to be a show about real women respectfully talking about real issues. Sadly, in my experience, it never came close to that. Rosie told Shields that she was waved away from certain topics that were deemed off-limits because of the personal entanglement with the other co-hosts. According to Rosie, Whoopi Goldberg, a one-time outspoken defender of now-disgraced comedian Bill Cosby, didn't want to discuss rape allegations, dogging the entertainment idol, so they didn't. 
Bill Cosby was a big topic, and I wanted to discuss Bill Cosby, and Whoopi did not, Rosie told Shields. To be fair, Whoopi made her opinions about Cosby known. I don't like snap judgments because I've had snap judgments made on me, so I'm very, very careful. Save your text, save your nasty comments, I don't care, Whoopi said in 2015. And when the evidence against Cosby began to feel overwhelming, Whoopi made a screeching U-turn. But, if what Rosie claims is true, this is extremely troubling. Whoopi's belief in due process... Okay, we're really going deep here. Whoopi's belief in due process and change of heart Megan, isn't the problem. Megan said word count. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> she said paid by the word on this one. I didn't think I would still be reading this at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can skip to the end. We all know what happened there. She basically compares her Whoopi not wanting to talk about Bill Cosby and then says that like she wanted to talk about a story but wasn't allowed because it because mm-hmm. it was about blackface and it was like too close to the Joy Behar okay African mm-hmm. woman photo. Mm-hmm. Anyways, she says, I write this to explain that topics were spiked because of scandals from my co-host past. I always thought the decision was ridiculous and made it look like we were not able to handle serious subjects. It was an opportunity for both Whoopi and Behar to reflect on how behaviors of the past should be perceived today. But it never happened. That's very frustrating for someone who makes their living discussing the biggest issues of the day. Finally, there was one last thing that Rosie said that clicked with me. Whoopi Goldberg was as mean as anyone has ever been on television to me, personally, while I was sitting there, Rosie said. The worst experience I've ever had on live television was interacting with her. As I've written before, I struggled with my co-host. But when I returned from maternity and was treated horribly, that was it for me. And then she talks about throwing up in the garbage can. And how Joy Behar said she didn't miss her. It's so crazy how, like, someone who wrote an audiobook still feels, and and who insists, like, I hate talking about this, I never want to talk about this, still (laughs) finds a way and an excuse to write about things that it's like, if you wanted to get it out, you should have put it in the audiobook. And if you don't want to talk about it anymore... Don't talk about it because no one's knocking on your door being like, God, I wish I could hear what Megan McCain has to say about this. When it's, we know exactly what she's going to say about it. Yeah. And like that stuff was in the audiobook, like pretty mm-hmm. much. And yeah, she really messed up because imagine if she hadn't written that immediately after quitting. Mm-hmm. We would be like, so imagine the anticipation for it to one day come out would be so yeah. much bigger. If it had been an actual real book a tell-all like memoir book and not an an audiobook that was like really not that long and was clearly rushed and clearly was like supposed to be a book about something else and then they just swapped it to the be this like quick tell-all then it really would have had legs it really would have had slim legs thick juicy legs to me like i'm just like don't write about it and then act like you it wasn't your choice to be writing about it like she is so like, don't make me sing about it every single time that she writes about the view. It's like, I know at this point you're just going for word count by adding in the two sentences that, that are like, I hate to have to talk about this. <laughs> because like, if you hated to have to talk about it, you wouldn't be consistently writing Daily Mail articles about it. Yeah, she's paid by the character in pounds. <laughs> So that was actually part two of the story, but it grew a third leg when (laughs) Sunny 
went on Watch What Happens Live, mm-hmm. promoting Summer on Sag Harbor, out mm-hmm. now, wherever books are sold. She went on Watch What Happens Live, and she was asked about Megan's article, Megan's article about Rosie. What do you think of Megan McCain's recent column criticizing The View and saying that the show just keeps getting worse? Oh, let me take a drink. <laughs> um, what can I say? I have not read the column. Okay, I did. I have heard about it. <laughs> and um, our show is a wonderful place. And Ratings are great. They've always been great. And they're really good now. We're the number one talk show in the country. Um, I'm happy to say. And I don't know. You know, I'm surprised that she's writing about the book. I mean, I know her husband likes to mean tweet about me, which is shocking. But Megan and I have always been friendly. Right. We remain friends. And I don't think she's doing television anymore. I think you should hire her for one of the Housewives she'd franchise. Be a great and she'd be a great <laughs> she would be. she'd be great yes. on, on Potomac or any yeah. of them. And I I just I wish her well. What a great answer. Because yeah. she like was a little bit shady, but in a way that still like protected herself. You know? Yeah. Like she gave just enough. And it's like it's not It's, like, kind of shady to be, like, yeah, she should be on Real Housewives. But it's also, like, kind of, like, you can feign innocence when you're saying that to Andy Cohen. Because, obviously, it's, like, it's a good thing. (laughs) It means someone's entertaining and good and would be good on TV. (laughs) Exactly. Like, great, perfect answer. Yeah. But I felt that way for so long. Like, I wish she would be a housewife. She would be so perfect at it. She would be mm-hmm. greatest of all time, maybe even. And <laughs> it's interesting because, like, Housewives seems to be, like, the only place in television where, like, white Republican women are celebrated by gay men. Oh, my God. Yeah. And yet she runs away from it. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. It's like, that would be, that would be the place where she would finally feel that ex- love and acceptance that she had for like six months <laughs> before everyone kind of turned on her. I just would love to see her and Giselle <laughs> in a room together. Do you watch Potomac? Yeah, I do. Uh-oh. I know on a previous on a previous season of this podcast, <laughs> I had not been watching it yet, but now I am an avid Potomac fan, and I it, it has some of my fa- most favorite housewives of all time. Okay, I don't watch that, but I. (laughs) (laughs) But I did just randomly watch Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Mm. season three, Thailand. And so I watched that, even though it had all of these characters that I didn't know, like Giselle. Mm -hmm. And my review. Is I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't care for that woman. Yeah. Candace, mm-hmm. like her a lot, but mm-hmm. she doesn't give housewife vibes to me. Like she feels like yeah. too young and too like self aware in a way. I feel like this, that season of Ultimate Girls Trip kind of was a flop because the people who they paired together, it was not like it did not make sense at all. And so, I don't think that anyone's like anyone really got to like showcase 
what makes them entertaining other than maybe like the Miami women. I feel like everyone else got like kind of a bad, not a bad edit, but just like not a good opportunity to like show themselves. I will say overall, it's kind of like a controversial, like me saying that I love Giselle Bryant, like if Giselle Bryant has 99 fans, I am one of them. And if she has one fan, I am one of them. And if Giselle Bryant has no fans, then I am once again trapped away in a hotel with Clay Aiken. So like, I think that I don't share the opinion that everyone else seems or the majority of people seem to do. And I don't really get why people don't like her because to me, out of every real housewife in the entire, maybe other than like Luann, I think that Giselle is like probably the most camp so housewife that we have. Basically what you're saying is that if someone put a gun to your head and said, don't say mother or I'll shoot and then held up a photo of Giselle, your brains would be blown out. It would be my last day on earth. It's that serious. But I I think that Giselle, I mean, you kind of got to see a little bit of her like wackiness with like the, the bottle, the bottle gate. But Candace definitely was like not herself on that trip. Okay. And her thing is that she's like a singer. <laughs> yeah, which I like that aspect. Yeah. And that is, that's really great on the show. And the other thing is like Giselle kind of has like a sidekick, Robin, who like, if it had been her, if they had been them on the trip, you would have seen like the amount of drama that they can cause between them is like no one else, no one, no other franchise has seen. So you kind of got like a, a bad glimpse at who those women are. Okay. Well, is there any- <laughs> so why are we, why did we talk about this? Oh, because, um, because Megan should go Megan on Potomac. On Potomac. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. don't see. Apart from location, I don't see how she fits no. in with them. But No, it, it's very much because of location. But I do think that it would be interesting like to see, because Potomac has a really established like hierarchy, and everyone plays like a specific role. Um, and so it would be really, really interesting to see like where Megan would come in. It, it's reminding me, you know, like the meme where the girl walks in and is like, hi, hey, <laughs> and like no one wants, yeah, no one wants to look at her. It's like that. <laughs> okay. So I thought that this would be a good, t- while you were gone, I can't finish a mm-hmm. sentence. <laughs> like ever, but like possibly worse today. And it's, it's worse without writers. the writers. Yeah. yeah, it's worse without the writers. This is really a tough episode for me. <laughs> but here we are. And then I felt really, really good. And then I realized that we were just on the phone. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for your reporting that you did on the multiverse of mugs. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. thorough investigation. <laughs> That's the feedback that I got. I'm happy to hear that. And I trust that you probably deleted any messages that were like, is Marie okay? <laughs> Tell us the truth. Where is Marie? Like... <laughs> How many, (laughs) 
Out of four, how many walls are made of pillows <laughs> where Marie is? Um, because when I I felt like I when I put that together, I felt like I was like Alan Turing, like I was. <laughs> I was like Mary Curie, like I was on my like math and science, like I was putting numbers together, writing down data, like a mm-hmm. spreadsheet. I felt like, oh my God, like this is the most important, like mind blowing work I've done. And then he listening back to the 19, I mean, the 19 voice memos was a sign. <laughs> that was the first sign. Hearing them back. I thought, wow. (laughs) I thought I was on to something. Hearing it back, it sounded like I was on something. And you know what? That is okay. If As long as the people were entertained, that's okay. And I do feel like I still stand by my theories. Checks notes. (laughs) I still stand by I still stand by my theories. Theory, I maybe this is not in the correct order, but theory one was Sarah Haynes' bulking season. I still stand by it. Yeah. I still think that pr- there's protein powder, maybe like chocolate milk in the other one, and then like a nice water. I still think that uh, another possibility is the brunch mentality. I stand by that. I myself currently have two cups going, as you've seen. Yeah. And... I didn't think twice about doing it. And I realized it's because I also am having the brunch mentality. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think that... You forgot the last one, I, the Sarah's the tour. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I think it still could be that. Well, I'm here to tell you that there have been some new developments, despite okay. all of your hard work and reporting. <laughs> I think okay. someone else may have cracked the case. Okay. So we did get some intel. Okay. So I have this message that I'm going to read that was sent to us by a listener named Devlin. Okay. Hi. I was at the taping today with boots on the ground like Gaga at the Capitol investigating <laughs> Sarah's mugs. Just had to share with you that production brought out yet again one mug for everyone and two for Sarah. During the first break, my mom and I saw Sarah pull small scraps of paper out of the second mug, which unfortunately aren't visible in the photos I snuck. They looked like the size of fortune cookie papers. She pulled one paper out, handed it to a PA, while they both laughed and stuffed the rest down in the mug while taking a sip from the first mug. We couldn't see if anything was written on those papers or what purpose they served at all, but it certainly added to the ongoing mystery of Sarah's multiple mugs. Feel free to share the story on the pod, use my name, whatever you want. Love, Deja, and all that you girlies do, XO, Devlin, they, them. That is actually some of the best reporting <laughs> that I've I've heard in years. And I'm I'm like gobsmacked from that. I never if you had been like Marie a million dollars a million dollars for guessing. You get you get a hundred guesses. A million dollars if you guess what c- correctly is in those mugs. After a hundred answers I would not have guessed little pieces of paper Tiny the size of a cookie paper. the size of a fortune cookie with something, and then add to that 
with something that makes you laugh? Something that makes Sarah and a PA laugh? Like little Bazooka Joe knock-knock jokes or something? It's probably, honestly, it's probably her little jokes. She's probably writing down little jokes like Joan Rivers and, and keeping them in the mug is like her filing cabinet of jokes. But do you think that it's like little jokes that Sarah's writing? Or do you think it's something more cutesy, like notes from home or something? Inspirational quotes for her (gasps) Instagram. It's like, it says like, just breathe. And she's like, (laughs) Uh, I almost forgot to breathe. (laughs) Laughter is the best medicine. (laughs) Or... Or is it like little notes from her kids or like something, you know? Like what if her what if working at the view is actually, as according to Rosie and Megan, is actually so toxic <laughs> that Sarah has to bring a little note from home every day and read it mid mid taping. I just I'm just like spitballing here. I just I can't Maybe believe there's that that's balls. what it is. Maybe there's spitballs. <laughs> i can't believe that that's what it is and i am obsessed with devlin for like having the keen eye the binoculars with the opera glasses were out (laughs) and they were looking they were watching was this pre-writer's strike or post because perhaps this is how they're writing the show (laughs) in the morning everyone writes one sentence and puts it in the mug. <laughs> okay. I just can't believe it. That's like, this is putting a whole new, um, going in such a different direction than I thought it would. Okay, so tiny papers in the mugs, but then explain this. As you mentioned, Sunny is out promoting Summer on Sag Harbor. Mm-hmm. And she not only was on Watch What Happens Live, but she also did an interview on Andy Cohen's radio show. Mm-hmm. And she gave an answer to what the fuck is going on with the mugs. I'm seated and I'm listening. Sarah drinks too much water on set. Okay. And she has a weak bladder. Okay. And so she's constantly with two and three mugs of one has seltzer water, one has hot lemon water, the other one has room temperature water. I really don't understand her water process. Okay. Okay. But to that, if she's saying that Sarah has a really weak bladder, is is the mug that contains the papers, is that her pee mug? Like, why... (laughs) Why would she be drinking three cups of waters, including seltzer water, which famously makes you feel like you have to pee if she had a weak bladder? I just want to know the truth. I just, that's the thing. Like, everyone is like, hurrah, we finally have answers. Sunny Mm -hmm. has finally revealed what is in the mugs and it's different types of water. But I believe Devlin. Me too. I don't think I can trust necessarily what Sonny Hostin wants us to believe about the greatest mystery of all time at The View. <laughs> when we had Lady Gaga boots on the ground at The View 
with their own eyes seeing tiny yeah. pieces of paper. So I'm not really yeah. settled on this explanation from Sunny. No. And just because they don't have writers doesn't mean that they don't have PR. And for all I know, this could be a planted narrative. It feels like a spin. And <laughs> just to add, I also have something to contribute. So if you'll remember from my mug report, I tracked that the last day that Sarah used only one mug was the day that Bernie Sanders and Michael B. Jordan were on The View, both being interviewed. And wouldn't you know, (laughs) guess who was spotted rubbing shoulders with Michael B. Jordan at the Time 100 event at the end of April? Well, 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 it's Miss Daily Mail herself, Megan McCain. There was a tweet that someone tweeted that said, my fave at Megan McCain and the gorgeous Michael B. Jordan in the same table. And it's the table from the event, and it clearly shows Megan McCain, her mom, Cindy, Michael B. Jordan, and the man who played Elvis all seated at the same table. And how now, many mugs were at the table? <laughs> Now, I don't want to say that, like, it's it just feels weird to me that Michael B. Jordan is implicated here again after something occurred that made Sarah start to bring multiple mugs to set. So I don't know. There's something there. Maybe every piece of paper is a line from a Megan McCain Daily Mail article. And she's memorizing them. <laughs> She's memorizing them and she pulls it out. It says, I rarely, I rarely talk about this. And she reads it and laughs. <laughs> I don't know. I do think it probably is what, I mean, I, I believe both. I believe there's little pieces of paper and I believe that there's three I types of water. I think both things can be right because on days that there's three mugs are I don't think there could be two filled with little pieces of paper. How many little pieces of paper does one person need? So on the days where there have been three mugs, I think that Sunny and Devlin are correct. I'm so stressed, you guys. Like, I don't... (laughs) I don't feel good. I just wish... I wish that Sarah would just put an end to this and take a break from posting inspirational quotes and post the truth and ins- inspire us with the truth and say yeah it's little it's little silly jokes that i use to get me by the day and i would accept that maybe she's reading summer on sag harbor and she's <laughs> chopped it up line by line yeah i'm looking forward to reading summer on sag harbor this summer on Cherry Beach, but <laughs> on Halifax Harbor, <laughs> on St. John Harbor. <laughs> I just wish that it was called Summer on the Sag. And that was the original title, right? I don't know. I don't know if we just titled it that. I swear that the original title was Summer on the Sag. And then, like, I think that probably what happened was that they realized that not enough people are, like, that chummy with Sag Harbor that they call it the Sag. And that just calling something the Sag (laughs) evokes 
evokes an image that's kind of like counterintuitive to like beachwear and like summering. But I see your point. <laughs> um, speaking of, I went to a, a major online retailer to try to buy Summer on the Sag, and it was like sold out question mark it said like you know typically if you're like a member of this online retailer you can get things delivered like within the day (laughs) but this one said (laughs) but this one said delivered like may 18th and i was like does that mean that it's already like on back order like it's already doing so well that it's sold out that i i can't just like get it right now so I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing. That seems like a good sign to me. So I guess I will also be reading it like, like Sarah, um, on little pieces of paper <laughs> until, until May 18th. <laughs> that's crazy. Sold out on mm-hmm. ethanzon.com. <laughs> we have a voice memo. Okay. Hi, Deja The View. I went to the 92nd Street Y to celebrate the release of Summer on Sag Harbor with Sunny Hostin and Joy Behar. You can pick it up wherever good books are sold, according to Whoopi. And there were a lot of interesting little tidbits, but um, there was also one big twist in the mug scandal that's rocking The View right now. First, I'll just say that the entire event, the vibe of it was very much Sunny there to earnestly promote her book and Joy there because I guess... Anna was in Florida or something and Joy got picked to do it. There's an amazing moment at the end when the ladies were getting off the stage and the View social producer came up to them as they were kind of exiting the stage. And the social producer was like, oh, like, you know, go back to where you were standing and I'll I'll take a photo. And Joy just went, no, and continued walking off the stage. We're all like, oh my God, her power. Um, And right in front of us, we were sitting exactly behind Manny and Sonny's parents, which was incredible. And the whole thing was amazing. And it was a great chat. But there was this really interesting part where they were talking about, I guess, the dynamics backstage and the other co-hosts and things like that. And... Uh, Sonny, <laughs> Sonny said Sarah was like the sister you didn't ask for. And they were talking about how they were only children. So she was like, you know, Sarah just has different boundaries and she's maybe more used to, you know, being around people and she likes to kind of barge into dressing rooms and whatnot. And she goes, oh, she also likes to like use my bathroom a lot. She has a really weak bladder. And I was like, hmm, okay, where's this going? And then Joy was like, oh, I don't know if she has a weak bladder. I just think she drinks a lot of water. And I was like, well, of course she drinks a lot of water because she has 18,000 mugs. So I just thought it was a really interesting thing where I guess Sarah is maybe just on a big hydration kick and they're all realizing that. And maybe that's why we've seen Sarah with so many mugs at the table. Anyway, that's my dispatch. Thanks. I am realizing... This was actually my theory, is that she's one of the big jug water drinker girls. Yes. Yes. You were. You said big jug, Sarah. Um, <laughs> yes. It's true. And and here's the thing. I believe it. I believe both. That's the thing. Like Because it sounds like to me that Sunny is hung up on Sarah using her bathroom. And so that's why she's like, oh, Sarah, like weak bladder, like is like annoyed about the mugs and stuff. And so like 
if there was something else in addition to the water going on with the mugs, like little notes, I feel like Sunny wouldn't even care to know about it because she's just like, well, I'm annoyed by the mugs because it leads to Sarah being in my bathroom. The Sunny Hostin Summer on the SAG press tour has, like, these are the top themes. <laughs> <laughs> like, peeing. <laughs> farting. Because she was asked about who farts mm-hmm. the most at The View. Yeah. Peeing, farting, and the mugs, which she has now yeah. intertwined with as part of the press strategy. Yeah. Um, Which it makes me feel really good about <laughs> the book. But maybe there's more to it. Maybe there's something about peeing and farting. <laughs> That ties into the book, and we just don't know yet because we haven't read our little pieces of paper yet. Um, I just, I do, it's like, I never would have looked into it further. I would have been like, you know what? Fine. It's water. But the little pieces of paper, no one would just make that up. So, like, obviously that exists. That's something. It's not nothing. I just just know I'm not sleeping tonight. (laughs) We have another voice memo. Just wanted to say, y'all are so great. And then here's what my sort of curiosity is. So, Sunny hasn't been doing the the view your deals, and Alyssa took her spot. Like, ooh, what is that about? And then Sunny was on Watch What Happens Live, and she didn't say anything about Alyssa. Ooh, Alyssa does not, um, like, seem to be bothered by it, but I feel like Sunny is. I don't know. Ooh, I love the view, and I love y'all. Thank you. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, about Sunny not saying anything about Alyssa. I'm not I'm not saying that this person is um kind of imitating the US son here. <laughs> but when I watched the clips, I kind of took it more like cuz they were playing that game, right? Where it was like yeah. N- name the co-host who and it was like pick out of Farts. all of your co-hosts who's who's most likely to do, you know, XYZ fart. So it was like whoopee. She just never picked Alyssa for things. And to me, that felt more like Alyssa is like less like makes her Alyssa makes her um presence known the least in terms of like working alongside with because there was something to to for Sunny to say about everyone else. And to me it was just like, is that mean that Alyssa's kind of just more like timid or like well, the, you know what are plain? What are they? I don't know. What are they supposed to say? Like most likely to say real quick before making a point. (laughs) Most likely to have three names. Mm -hmm. True. Most likely to have been plucked from the studio audience (laughs) and given a job. So I didn't think it was like in a nasty way. I thought it was more just like, yeah, like what do you say? Like, you know, she's kind of everyone else kind of fit into the other things and there was nothing really there was no question that seemed to be really made for Alyssa most likely Um, to be in a cyclops (laughs) 
So I don't know. I didn't take it like it was like um, mean. I more or like shady. I kind of more took it like she just kind of wasn't really thinking about her. And then with regards to view your deal, remember like, oh, quite a while ago when we were kind of doing some view your deal digging and something came up where it was like, People who were ABC News employees were not allowed to do view your deal. And then obviously there was a point where Sunny was like the only person who could do it. So she started like taking over doing it. But now maybe now that there's an opportunity for her to be released from it, they just decided to release her from it. But is that just like one of our theories or is that? No, that was a real that was a real thing but that we they, had dug up. Aren't they all? I mean, and I'm sure well, I was, the, was probably the one that reported this fact, but like, aren't they all ABC was, News employees? Yes, now they are. But it was like, it was like before and it was because like she had been hired under a certain, I don't know. I just remember that that had That was had something we reason. went with at one that point was, in time. Yes, that was a reason that we were... <laughs> led to believe and that we did believe someone slid us a tiny little fortune cookie sized piece of paper with that written on it and we laughed and we said okay great and we went with it and then it was like then when things were just changing around so much and there was no one else who was going to who would who would be comfortable doing for your deal then Sunny just started doing it and so then I threw it I feel like they threw that rule out the window and now they're probably like, okay, well, someone else can do it. This is my theory on topic A of Sunny mm. not talking about Alyssa on Watch What Happens Live. Mm-hmm. I think Sunny is not bothered by Alyssa, but she's also not going to be like up her ass. Yeah. I think she's just like, whatever about Alyssa. And yeah. I don't think it was like shady. But I also don't think Sunny is going to be caught, like, having Alyssa over to swim in her pool. (laughs) Yeah. On topic B, view your Mm -hmm. deal. I'm wondering, remember how I said that they need to get Alyssa active. They need to get her moving around the set, catching things, playing catch, things like that. Yeah. I'm wondering if someone else agrees with that and they thought what are Uh some ways to get her moving around touching products (laughs) working on her reactions moving product literally and figuratively (laughs) yeah Yeah. and i'm wondering if sunny Mm -hmm. said you know what i got a book to write i'll go home yeah Mm -hmm. you girls do your little qvc I'll be on SAG Harbor. I gotta get to the SAG. She said, the SAG waits for no one. So, (laughs) view VC can wait. Okay, well, let's talk about some hot topics now. What hot topics are you doing? Like a couple. (laughs) Let's not go crazy. Let's not go too crazy. Okay, so... The last month-ish, there was a lot of talk about Trump, obviously. Um, They talked about Biden, like, running for re-election again. The view is entering really dangerous territory of 
mm-hmm. just talking about Trump versus Biden again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I won't be around for it. I will not be watching. <laughs> I do not want to see that. Yeah. I cannot listen to them no. debate. Like... Literally, after a long day at work, I don't need to see that. Yeah. And I can't, we cannot relive this and go through the same conversations, but except this time, like, Alyssa's there. I just, I can't go through it. I won't. And also just seeing the way that, like, when Marianne Williamson has come up on The View, that the way they've been, like, smearing her and, like, I just can't. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about no. Praise Biden. And like, I get that we have to talk about what's going on with Trump, but I can't. Yeah. I personally am not doing no. it. No. And like, I can't go through like the misery that it put so many of them in. As, like, but you know, specifically Joy. I can't go through that dark side of the view again. But they did talk about lots of other stuff like AI. Remember, we have mm-hmm. a callback mm-hmm. yeah. coming. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Yeah, yet. soon. <laughs> One of the things that they finally started talking about more was all of the attacks against transgender people in mm-hmm. America. They talked about Dylan McDermott, as will be said. I'm a big butt, but why, sir? fan when i drank i liked my butt watson okay so i have a lot of feeling about this <laughs> bud lights ad campaign with trans influence dylan mcdermott in mulvaney sorry why they talked about Dylan Mulvaney and and the the campaign that she did with mm-hmm. Bud Light. They were talking about the backlash that came to, out of that because people suddenly could not handle Bud Light doing an ad with a trans person, even though they mm-hmm. literally every year plaster billboards everywhere throughout Pride that says, LGBT, let's get beers tonight, queens. <laughs> but now it's a problem all of a sudden. Yeah. And so they had this interesting exchange where Sunny starts to talk about how America is a very transphobic place. And Whoopi kind of cuts in and is like, well, it's the transphobes that get all the attention. But I doubt that America is actually a a truly transphobic place, which I Mm -hmm. think is like such a well-meaning, but such a like not correct take. This is a transphobic issue, right? We know that this country is highly transphobic. It's so, it, and it's unbelievable to me that this still goes Let's on. Let's say that many but, of the transphobic people get the attention. I doubt that the country's as transphobic. I, I, hope, as, I hope the country is not yeah. as transphobic as well, it ahead, appears to be, but trans okay. rights are under yeah. attack yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Look at all the laws that are being passed. Like, you can't, like, you know, all all of the laws that are being passed against that are an attack on trans people, like, that just, that is, that represents the country. And so looking at that alone, even, you can be like, the country is transphobic. So, like, I do think that I'm glad that she wasn't just like, okay, yeah. She was like, well, no, I hope, I hope you're right. But, like, you can't deny all of these laws being passed and every single day trans people being under attack. Yeah, like we, I, it's just like easy for people to f- like think that we're 
farther along than we actually are. Mm-hmm. Like we're still yeah. not seeing trans people as just like regular normal people in our media at all. It so. like it reminded me of when was it Rosie who said that America is racist and was and and Whoopi was like no. Yes. So it really reminded me of that and it was like and I couldn't remember exactly if that was how it had gone but I think that seeing how Whoopi reacts in those two scenarios like I think it just like says more about how Whoopi like kind of wants to see like the best in the world and like doesn't want to think that everything is like doom and gloom or that there are more like you know yeah there is more evil than good because like in both of those circumstances i feel like it was fair to say that like america is racist and it's fair to say that america is transphobic yeah i think it's like that whole i think it's the not wanting to paint everyone with the same brush but it's like Mm -hmm. yeah not everyone is transphobic but we're not at a place Uh that we get to say that like the country is not set up yeah. to be transphobic or set up to be anti-black. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it also kind of reminded me, I don't know if you saw Sasha Colby on The Daily Show, mm-hmm. but she was talking to the host about the anti-trans or like the anti-drag bills that have been going on and talking about how like some of them are really specific and they say like you are allowed to do drag but you have to get ready in drag in the venue like you're not allowed to walk from your car to the mm-hmm. venue in drag and she was explaining how like it's an it's transphobic because like she as a trans woman who does drag she can't yeah. just like take her drag off and she was like yeah just explaining how like the the bills are not actually targeting drag they're targeting trans people and yeah. the host of that show who was like a huge Drag Race fan, and the audience was like shocked by this. The wording is, if you're in an article of clothing that is not your assigned birth article of clothing, that's how they can roundabout say that drag is illegal, and then the real thing is being trans is illegal. Oh, that I didn't. Y'all didn't know that? (laughs) They live in New York, they think they free. I don't think people are aware that it's as bad as it is like they were shocked yeah. to learn that the anti-drag bills are actually not about drag and they're actually about trans people like they didn't know yeah. that and that's why it would be great if they talked about it with trans people on the view like i don't mm-hmm. think they've booked a trans person on the show yeah and it's also like they should be booking trans people to have these conversations but they should also just be booking trans people and having trans people as hosts to talk about everyday things as well yeah because like it's it was like they were talking about how it's important to have that representation but it's like yeah (laughs) it would be great to have that on the show like yeah they also talked about how the montana gop had blocked a transgender a lawmaker named Zoe Zephyr from speaking Mm -hmm. because she made a speech speaking out against a bill that targeted transgender care for minors. And Mm -hmm. she said, she talked about how like trans people are taking their own lives because of these things. And she said, there's blood on your hands and they like wouldn't let her speak because of it broke decorum. They talked about that as well. And that's someone where it's like, I wonder if they've tried to book that person on the show like wouldn't that be yeah. like exactly up the views alley 
of like yes. a political guest who's like relevant. I don't know. They'll constantly book like fucking Joe Amy Klobuchar was on today. Like- <laughs> there you go. Like, why? Like, why is that like relevant when you could literally have people who are like the lawmakers who are in in these hot topics that you're doing? Like, I don't know. I'm glad that they're talking about it because it felt like it took they were. Them a while. It took them so long, so I'm glad that they are talking about it, and I'm glad that they are like really breaking it down and like talking about it like common sense wise. Because I feel like older people at home watching this who might only see like this kind of fear mongering propaganda about oh like drag queens want to go after your kids and all of this like bullshit. It was like really nice to just hear them all be like that's crazy bullshit <laughs> and here's what it's actually about i wanted to mention a couple of things that Alyssa said in both of these topics that stuck out to me so on the bud light topic she said mm-hmm. bud light needs to make inroads with the lgbt community because they tend to like craft beer and skinny cocktails <laughs> not bud light <laughs> That was such an insane thing that she said. They need to make inroads with the LGBTQ community, who, I'm sorry, tends to like craft beer and skinny cocktails, not Bud Light. So it's like reaching a community that's probably not drinking enough Bud Light, and she's a great person to go through. Well, she got me there. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a crazy thing that she said, though, because it was like... Okay, you mean, you, I know that in your brain, in your stereotyping, I'm not saying this is correct, but I'm saying that she's stereotyping, and her stereotype that she's thinking of is gay men. Yeah, that's <laughs> and that's And that's not the same as every letter. That's not LGBTQ. That there's no plus in there. That's not, you know what I mean? Like, she was thinking, well, my gay guy friends... <laughs> don't even like those beers like because if she was polling like if she had gone to a lesbian bar they're drinking bud they're drinking bud honey they're drinking bud um so i just like i thought that that was really funny because i was like i know that it's well-meaning but it came i was almost insulted by it (laughs) I do like a Bud Light lime in the summer sometimes. <laughs> I do, I'm not anti Bud. Like no, I've just never like known you to be anti Bud. Just yeah. like Whoopi. I'm a big Bud fan. I've never known you to be anti Bud. That's true. Uh, yeah, the, that was a really fun thing that she said. The other thing that stuck out to me when they were talking about the transgender lawmaker speaking out about gender affirming care is they had this like whole convo about like parents being able to decide for their own kids whether their kids need gender affirming care. Mm-hmm. And she no one is knocking anyone's right to be able to do that. But then she follows it up by like saying that she acknowledges that hate crimes are on the rise for trans people, but she personally doesn't know where she stands on minors transitioning. And I think this is, like, another, like, well-intentioned statement, kind of, of her being like, I would never stop someone from getting gender-affirming care, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure about it for my potential kid. Um, Been a rise in 29% hate crimes against the trans community. I think that there's 
conversations that need to be had with people of good faith. I don't know personally where I am on somebody, um, on minors getting uh, transitioning. But to your point, what you actually said it in a very conservative manner, that's for me and when I'm a parent to decide. Do we need someone sitting there who doesn't know what they're talking about? Like, did we need this perspective? Yeah. Like, did we need someone who clearly doesn't know what type of gender-affirming care minors are getting sitting there mm-hmm. saying that? Gender-affirming mm-hmm. care is lots of different things. It's like mm-hmm. using the pronouns that you identify with. It's wearing the clothes that you identify with. Yeah. It can be getting hormones and uh, puberty blockers. I think that people, I think that like, I think that the view executives would like defend having Alyssa at the table during all of these topics and even just in general by being like, she is the voice of like, of that woman who, who doesn't know a lot about like that parent who doesn't know a lot about it and representative of the people who, who might still be on the fence about things. But it's like, okay, I get that. But like, at what point are we like, we don't really need to be representing these people because we could be using that space to have an actual trans woman on there and like uplift actual trans voices and have that representation and like show America that there are successful trans women and successful trans people who are living their lives and are adults and are like, you know, just like, having success in their career in their field and we don't necessarily need the like Alyssa representative it's like is that just too much to ask I just feel like if we can't get a straight answer about what's in the mugs we're never gonna get a straight answer as to why we don't even have a gay person let alone a trans person on this panel we don't even we don't we used to have a bi (laughs) We used to have a couple of buys. We don't even have that. Look what they took from us. I know. We used to have everything. (laughs) Okay. Real quick, real quick, as Alyssa would say, Mm -hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that they discussed the firing of Tucker Carlson or the parting ways with Fox. Their reaction to this was so over the top. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. Wave. Na 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 na. Look at God. Look at God. It was reminiscent of the um, Britney and K-Fed breakup, but without the confetti. (laughs) Okay, real quick, real quick. We also need to talk before we go about death cleaning. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. I was hoping you could maybe explain as someone who does have hoarders experience (laughs) on their resume. Right. So they were talking about... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm doing this without a writer. I think that it was someone who had written into a, a kind of like uh, ask um, advice column. <laughs> That's what they're called. And she was asking about doing death cleaning, which is kind of like cleaning out your house or your storage lockers or your closets or whatever it may be before you die so that people don't have to do it after you die. And it kind of transformed into like you 
There are things that you have stashed away that you might not want your family to have to go through or discover after you pass away. And most of the discussion was just about the host being like, would you want someone to go through your stuff or not? And kind of like, well, you know, like now if we went through people's stuff, you would just find like old computers or old hard drives. You wouldn't find, you know, secret letters or something, which then sparked, I think it was Sunny said to Joy, like, yeah, like, wasn't there something in your family about finding secret letters? And it was like, they weren't, they weren't even going to talk about this because Joy seemed like taken off guard about it and was like, oh yeah, okay, like if I have to tell the story, <laughs> here it is. Um, and I think it was like she had two aunts or like a great aunt or something and they, they had never married. And this the one of them, after she passed away, Joy and her family had to go through this woman's house and they found these letters, like love letters, to this woman named Angela. And they're like, who's Angela? And Joy is just like, I don't know. <laughs> must It must have been her lover. We'll never know. Yeah, you, so you, you said you like discovered you can, some stuff when you were reading through someone's stuff. You make it sound like they're going to find journals <laughs> I of have, love affairs and things. I have, and Joy had love affairs. That I want to know about. <laughs> I was raised by two single aunts. My parents, too. Yeah. But I had a lot of Italian relatives around me and two single aunts. They never got married. That They were spinsters, right? So now they're going through one of their things, and they find a love letter that my Aunt Sadie wrote to somebody named Angelo. Hello. Who's Angelo? In 1946. Her lover. Her lover. The fact that they were having this hot topic and that it was like just an afterthought to bring up the fact that Joy had personal experience stumbling upon letters revealing a secret romance, not just a secret romance, but a secret romance of the LGBTQ nature. And it was set in the 40s. I know that Summer on the Bluffs is being created into a TV series uh, starring Octavia Spencer, as Sunny announced. But I would also like to see Joy Behar's story <laughs> about her lesbian aunt and Angela also being um, created into a TV series, also starring Octavia Spencer. <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought that up because I forgot to mention that. And like, that is such a big get. I know. This is no joke. This, this is no joke. summer this series. Is- this the sunny Ma. summer series. This is Ma herself. It's gonna be some Ma on the bluffs. <laughs> and uh, I would like some of that. <laughs> so, I mean, not to completely lose track, but I'm just saying, like, I can't believe that the this like story uh, about joy's aunt came out of this seemingly really really dull topic but i'm very thankful that it did and yeah unrelated sunny announced that summer on the bluffs is officially being turned into a tv series she's not able to say what um uh, streaming service or you know network or whatever yet but she did say that octavia spencer is her executive producer her co-executive producer and is also starring in it that is so huge Like, that's 
an A-lister. That is an Oscar winner. So, and mm-hmm. and Sherry Shepard's supposed lookalike. <laughs> so if if they need to cast her sister, yeah. I think I know someone. <laughs> that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Real quick, real quick. I know I said that was the last one, but I also there was a really good joy moment in this topic that they did where they were talking about in a relationship if one partner makes more money than the other mm-hmm. partner, should they still split the rent 50-50 or should one person should be like based on your income? Mm-hmm. Which, there's such a debate there. In the past, how have you done it? I think that I've always split it 50-50. I think there many, many years ago, I think there was a period of time where I was probably like interning And so I think that I was paying slightly less, but then when I was able to pay like the full amount, then it was 50, 50. And that was, that was a long time ago in my days of youth. I think that it's also just because I, it's, there hasn't been a huge discrepancy. Like if we were talking about, like if I was dating a millionaire, I'll be honest, like, I wouldn't really expect to be paying the same amount as them because I'd be like, hello, <laughs> you have one million dollars and I have zero dollars. Exactly. Yeah. I've only lived with a partner one time and we were both were like living off student loans. So we just split it. Mm-hmm. But then I remember talking to someone else and they were like, oh, no, like, I pay this and he pays that. And I thought that was mm-hmm. so crazy. But on the similar like vein to what you were saying, Joy started saying that um, if if the woman wants to pay, if the man wants to pay less than the woman, that's fine. Mm-hmm. She can just make him her sex slave. I agree with Sarah because I think that when there's a discrepancy in the in the amount of money you're putting into a household, resentment's built, and it ends up in the bedroom. Then Hello, he and so does he over not, the I mean, dollar. unless. He, he pays, should not have gone in with her. He pays less. Yep, she makes him his sex Wait, slave. I, I'm a 50-50. Well, I didn't know this was an option, that by helps. the way. Right? These guys get that. <laughs> that helps. Make, her his, make him her sex slave, and then she can pay a little more. That was a crazy thing for her to say. <laughs> to me, that the panic that ran through my body watching it felt like the Jane Fonda moment where she was like, murder. Yeah, like, she's kidding. <laughs> she's kidding. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so so <laughs> they didn't end up going with that yeah and that's kind of all we have for you in hot topics mm-hmm. but we have a call back yes we do so i entered into chat gbt and i said can you write a hot topic about sex robots as if it's an episode of the view and it wrote mm-hmm. me this really long script Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is ChatGPT only goes, it only knows up to 2021. So the current co-hosts in this reality are Joy, Sunny, Sarah, Whoopi, and Megan McCain. <laughs> Let's go back, back to the beginning. Megan McCain finally forced to talk about sex robots like never before. What's interesting is it like scripted it. It it scripted it like like a script. <laughs> Should we But the way that it introduces I mean or if I don't want to spoil it if we're about to read this whole thing, but the way that it, it like introduces everyone is extremely unnatural. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, who's talking here? It's like, if you're like writing a play or a TV show at, for the first time, and like every time someone addresses the other person, they say their name. And it's like, in real life, no one does that. I'm not like, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> okay, what part? what parts do you want to play? Um, I will play Joy, Megan, and Sarah. Okay, I am Sunny. The other, I mean, we'll you'll see. But the other thing that's really interesting is that at, someone introduces Whoopi, mm-hmm. which then poses the question: Wait a second, who's been narrating? That's this what one? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's Virginia. <laughs> Voice of you God, have to be Virginia. Virginia. So I'm Sunny and Whoopi, and you're Virginia. And okay, no wait, I don't want to. No, I, I can't be that many people. Then. I'll be okay. Sunny, Sarah, be, Whoopi. Okay, and I'll be Joy. Megan um, and Virginia. Megan and Virginia. Okay. It's crazy how earlier you were like, we'll just have to do impressions the whole time. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I didn't okay. prepare enough. I'll just have to do impressions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ladies, today on The View, we're diving into a topic that's both fascinating and controversial, sex robots. As technology advances and our society becomes increasingly sex positive, the idea of robots designed for sexual pleasure is becoming more and more mainstream. But is it ethical? And what impact could it have on our relationships and our society as a whole? Joining us today to share their perspectives on this hot button issue are our <laughs> esteemed panelists, Joy Behar, Sunny Hostin, Megan McCain, Sarah Haynes, and Whoopi Goldberg. Joy, what's your take on sex robots? Do you see them as harmless toys, or do they represent a troubling trend in our culture? This is Joy speaking now. (laughs) Joy, well, I have to say, the idea of sex robots is a little bit disturbing to me. I think there's something to be said for human connection and intimacy that can't be replicated by a machine. And I worry about the potential for abuse and objectification that could come with using robots for sexual pleasure. Sunny, as our legal expert, can you speak to the legal implications of sex robots, especially in cases where there may be issues of consent or abuse? Absolutely. When it comes to sex robots, there are certainly legal implications to consider, especially if there are concerns around consent or abuse. It's important to ensure these robots are being used in a way that's safe and consensual and that appropriate laws and regulations are in place to protect people. Megan, what's your perspective on the question of sex robots? Well, I think it's important to remember that people have been using various forms of technology for sexual pleasure for centuries. Whether it's pornography or sex toys, we've always found ways to explore our sexuality. Sarah, as a mom, can you speak to the impact that sex robots could have on our children and future generations? I think it's important for us to consider the message that sex robots send to our children and future generations. We want to teach our kids about healthy relationships and the importance of human connection, and sex robots could potentially undermine those messages. It's a complicated issue and one that we need to approach with care and thoughtfulness. Whoopi, as our moderator, what are your thoughts on this topic? 
Well, I think we need to approach this topic with an open mind and consider all the potential implications. While sex robots may not be for everyone, I do think they have a potential to be a safe and consensual form of sexual expression for some people. It's important to have conversations around consent, objectification, and human connection, but ultimately, it's up to individuals to decide what works for them. And scene. Okay, so many thoughts on this. So much. <laughs> the Sarah, I have to, it, I'm realizing the most AI generated co-host is Sarah, because that yeah. is what Sarah would say. And it's crazy that, like, because it kind of picked, it tried to pick up on what people's area of expertise was. And I feel like it was successful with Sunny. That's the second and, most and, AI generated Yeah, co-host. and with Whoopi. It was incredibly successful with Sarah because they were like, now the mother's point of view. Like, what? Like, how did the AI know to ask that? And also, it it clearly did not know Joy because there was not Mm -hmm. one G-spot joke. Oh, my God. Never has Joy spoken so seriously about sex robots. And then the Megan one, Megan was always the one that was like pro-sex robots. Like, not Mm -hmm. for her, but for others. She was like, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> You're right. At the one thing that, I mean, there's obviously a lot of issues with the AI, but like it just kept repeating a lot of the same things. Um, it felt like it had an agenda to push. <laughs> <laughs> there was one part where I think it repeated the exact same sentence twice. So like, do I feel like it could fully take over for writers after reading this? Yes. No. And <laughs> no, unless they were only writing for Sarah. <laughs> very interesting, very cool. Re- it kind of really interesting to like see what is what's out there in the world that AI is like getting its knowledge from that is like so telling that it's like Sunny's the legal expert and Sarah's a mom. Like <laughs> Like, yeah. what is there that's out there about Sarah that's just like... And she's the mom. She's a mom. Like, <laughs> she's so much more than that. But like, wow. She's also a woman she's with also- a small bladder. <laughs> and ah! a big water jug. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that's all we can possibly give after everything that we've been through. Sometimes, you know... Life is um, throwing lemons, and you just gotta dodge them, and that's what we did here tonight. Thank you so much for listening and participating, and God bless. So I hope everyone (laughs) has a great day and takes a little time to enjoy. Clay Aiken and Ruben Stoddard at the Niagara Falls Casino. So we're getting time machines. They'll be back. I have a feeling. <laughs> Hit it, AI Abby. <laughs> See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. Don't be a bitch. We're bringing Huntsman back.